For over 50 years, people have relied on Village Green Apothecary to give them individualized nutrition, pharmacy, and healthy living products. Village Green provides you with a kind of personalized help and attention that mass market pharmacies have long ago forgotten. You can depend on us for knowledge, experience, product selection, customer service, and a smile. Visit Village Green in Bethesda at 5415 West Cedar Lane or call us at 301-530-0800 or go to our website at myvillagegreen.com. We're here to help you. Welcome listeners to the Essentials of Healthy Living on 1500 AM brought to you by Village Green Apothecary. I'm Dana Lake and I alternate the show with Dr. Kevin Passaro trying to bring you a lot of really good information all about you and your health. Now, I want to remind you that the show is streamed through myvillagegreen.com. That's myvillagegreen.com. And this is a reminder that Village Green is your resource for questions about your health via the website and the store on Cedar Lane. I also want to remind you about IQU. That's I-Q-Y-O-U. It's a powerful AI tool developed by Integrative health pioneer Dr. Joseph Pizzorno and his team of leading experts. IQU utilizes cutting-edge technology to help you best understand your unique nutrient needs, toxicity levels, disease risks, and genetic susceptibilities. And by assessing your diet and lifestyle habits, lab results, and genomics, IQU provides you with a personalized, individualized, action plan for improving and maintaining optimal health. And you can visit iquhealth.com to receive your complete blueprint of your health. Now, we're here every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Now, today we have, in my opinion, a very exciting guest, Dr. Linda Isaacs. And I want to give you some background. She received her Bachelor of Science degree from the University of Kentucky, graduating with high distinction with a major in biochemistry. She was elected to Phi Beta Kappa. She subsequently received her medical degree from Vanderbilt University School of Medicine and completed a residency in internal medicine at the Department of Veterans Affairs Medical Center at New York University Medical School. She is certified by the American Board of Internal Medicine and most recently completed recertification in 2011. She has worked for more than 20 years with Dr. Nicholas Gonzalez, and we're going to talk to Dr. Isaacs about her experience with Dr. Gonzalez and about the treatment of cancer with diet and enzymes. Welcome to the show, Dr. Isaacs. Well, thank you so much for having me. Well, I think this is a very exciting subject, and I would like you to give our listeners a background, a little bit on Dr. Gonzalez and how he got interested and how you got interested in working with him. Well, Dr. Nicholas Gonzalez had been a journalist before he went to medical school, and during his time as a journalist, he got interested in nutrition and he got interested in medicine. So he wound up deciding to go to medical school, and during his first two years there, he was contacted by a journalist that he had known who asked him to get in touch with a man named Dr. William Donald Kelly. 
Kelly was an orthodontist who had developed a method of treating cancer involving a nutritional approach. And Kelly had been in the news around that time because he'd been involved in treating the actor Steve McQueen, who died of mesothelioma in 1980. So Kelly was all over the news. Um, this, this journalist friend of Dr. Gonzalez asked Gonzalez to get in touch with Kelly and, and see whether or not there was something there that was worth following up on. What, uh, what Dr. Gonzalez found in Kelly's files was a number, many, many patients who had been appropriately diagnosed who were still alive with di- diagnoses that should have killed him a long time ago. And so he wound up doing an in-depth investigation into Dr. Kelly's work. When I met uh, Dr. Gonzalez, he was an intern at Vanderbilt where I was going to medical school, and he and I were assigned to the same team. Uh, I, as a medical student, he is the intern, and we worked together in the hospital setting for about six weeks. But he was in the middle of his research on Dr. Kelly at that time period, and so he was more than happy to tell anybody about it if they wanted to hear about it. And I was interested. I heard what he was saying about all these people that he found that were doing well um, and realized that this was something that needed to be followed up on. So he was, uh, as he was continuing that investigation, I joined on, in effect, helping him out with that. And then when he eventually started a practice of his own to try to recreate Kelly's methods, in effect, um, I was there helping as well, first um, just as general administrative help. Then I finished my residency and came back and was working with him as a physician starting in the early 1990s. Well, I do remember all of that happening. So it's very interesting to me to hear you recount Uh, Something that was really progressive, very progressive in the field, and I myself came out of dentistry, so I had a particular interest in Dr. Uh, Kelly's work. So talk to us about your approaches, and since we have listeners uh, that this may be new to them, and we have many listeners who Uh, know a whole lot about these kinds of treatments. So talk to us about your patient approach for cancer. Well, the backbone of what we use to address cancer is really pancreatic enzymes. Um, The background for that actually goes 100 years back to a man named Dr. Beard, um, who was an embryologist at the University of Edinburgh, And he had noticed, um, first of all, that there was a tissue in embryology. That's the study of the very early stages of development. Um, There's a tissue that the embryo creates um, that forms the connection, the early stage of the placenta. It's called the trophoblast. And its job is to form a connection between the baby and the mother. But it looks and it acts a lot like cancer cells do. But there's one big difference. You know, cancer cells are uncontrolled. Uh, The trophoblast eventually, just a couple of months into development for humans, settles down, matures, becomes the placenta, and then neatly peels off when the baby is delivered, leaving the mother's body intact for another pregnancy to occur. And so Beard thought that if he could figure out what the signal was that made the trophoblast stop invading, he might find something that could tell cancer to behave itself as well. 
And what he found was that um, when the trophoblast changed its character and matured into the placenta is when the baby started making pancreatic enzymes. Pancreatic enzymes have always been believed just to be used for digesting food. Um, but Beard theorized that they had a role in controlling the behavior of the trophoblast. And in fact, this, this uh, secretion of enzymes by the fetus happens months before that baby's going to see a meal. So they, they must be having some other role. Various practitioners have used pancreatic enzymes against cancer um, since Dr. Beard's time. Um, Dr. Kelly had more or less serendipitously discovered that pancreatic enzymes had an effect on the tumor mass that he himself had developed. He, he really created his own program in a desperate attempt to deal with his own illness. Um, but then after he serendipitously found that pancreatic enzymes could have an effect, um, he discovered Dr. Beard's work and synthesized that together. Um, so what we wind up using in large quantities for patients with cancer is pancreatic enzymes. It's something that people swallow, large numbers of them, of, of capsules of freeze-dried pancreas. So that's really the backbone of what we use um, to try to address cancer cells. Well, it's fascinating, and I am familiar with the work, and you've given an excellent explanation. This is something that I think our listeners have not had the benefit of of hearing. So let's let's keep the conversation going about your approaches and perhaps some individualized uh, scenarios of what patients have gone through and what their results have been. Well, um, as I was saying, a big part of our protocol is the pancreatic enzymes. We also use diet um, supplements and detoxification. So all of those things I can I can go on about at great length, anywhere from a few minutes to a few hours, depending on how much time people have. Um, but uh, um, a, a big part of the protocol also is the concept that different people need different kinds of diets. This was something that Dr. Kelly had had determined again, you know, serendipitously through seeing a lot of patients and and discovering that different people did need different sorts of diets. What we find is that some of our patients, typically the ones with carcinomas, and that would fit in uh, breast cancer, lung cancer, prostate cancer, pancreatic cancer, that most of those patients, or all of them really, do best with a diet that's more alkalinizing, more geared towards a vegetarian. Um, there would be some animal protein like eggs or dairy or fish, but for the most part, um, it's avoiding red meat, avoiding acid-forming foods, and sticking more with alkalinizing types of things. But there's another group of patients that we find needs red meat three times a day. Um, those are the ones with the blood-based disorders like leukemia or lymphoma. And so we'll give different recommendations depending on the cancer type. And the supplements as well will be different for different types of people. This is fascinating, and I like the words you use. There are different diets for different people. And so often we hear from an expert in one diet applying it to all humans on earth. And it's one of, one of the things I focus on that as far as fat intake, it varies from 10% in Africa to 70, 75% in the Inuit people and mm -hmm. protein varies and fiber varies. And 
I'm talking about natural diets only, and I know that you know this, so I'm very happy to hear you say that you individualize the diet based on the cancer. And uh, can you tell me more about any uniqueness a patient might have that has to do with the diet choices? In fact, I, I want to explore this even more in the next segment. So what we'll do is take a break right now. And for those who've just tuned in with us, you're with The Essentials of Healthy Living on 1500 AM. I'm Dana Lake, your host for the hour. And we're going to be right back after this brief break to talk more with Dr. Isaacs about cancer treatments using diet and enzymes. We'll be right back, folks. Mega Food Premium Whole Food Supplements are the only supplements crafted from scratch with farm fresh whole foods to deliver nourishment the way nature intended. Mega Food believes Mother Nature knows best. They select only fresh whole food, harvested at the peak of ripeness, handle it gently and with care to deliver its vital essence to you in every bottle. Mega Food, from farm to tablet. Our name is our promise. For more information, visit us online at megafood.com. Zymogen is pleased to announce the arrival of Fit Food, a delicious, high-quality, functional food that's formulated to support weight management, healthy body composition, glycemic management, cardiovascular and immune health, and more. Each delicious serving of Fit Food contains 21 grams of pure New Zealand-sourced bioactive whey protein, 6 grams of fiber-immune-supporting oat beta-glucan, and additional glutamine, glycine, taurine, and MCTs. Fit Food provides holistic support for today's active body. Learn more at Zymogen.com. Available now through your healthcare professional and Village Green Apothecary. The brain requires nutrition just like the rest of the body. And this is where Gero Formula's Neuro Optimizer comes to the rescue. Neuro Optimizer is a concentrated source of nutrients needed for memory, mood, concentration, and focus. Neuro Optimizer supplies the building blocks for neurotransmitters, the chemicals that allow cells in the brain to communicate and to file away memories. Neuro Optimizer is the nutritional answer to the brain's needs. To learn more about formulas, visit Gero.com. Gero Formulas, available at Village Green Apothecary. All over the world, people are beginning to discover fish oil is one of the best secrets for unlocking great health. Thousands of studies have shown the amazing effects of these powerful omega-3s for heart health. Plus, fish oils have even been shown to balance moods and lessen anxiety. With exceptional taste, unrivaled freshness, and unsurpassed purity, Nordic Naturals is the easy way to get your omega-3s every day. To learn more, visit Village Green Apothecary or visit NordicNaturals.com. Nordic Naturals, committed to the planet, committed to pure and great-tasting omega oils. Pure Defense with NAC offers a unique blend of hypoallergenic nutrients and herbal extracts designed to support overall immune defense and upper respiratory health. The product features Epicor fermentate, elderberry, and N-acetyl L-cysteine, nutrients and flavonoids for enhancing first-line immune defense. Pure Defense with NAC can be found at Village Green Apothecary and online at myvillagegreen.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome back, listeners, to the second segment of The Essentials of Healthy Living on 1500 AM. The show is brought to you by Village Green Apothecary at 5415 West Cedar Lane in Bethesda, Maryland. And I'm Dana Lake, your host for the hour. Now, we're having a very interesting conversation with our guest, Dr. Linda Isaacs, 
who received her medical degree from Vanderbilt University School of Medicine and is certified by the American Board of Internal Medicine. Having worked with Nicholas Gonzalez, Dr. Isaac's expertise is the use of diet and enzymes in cancer. And that's our discussion today. So we talked, we were beginning to talk a little bit more about diet and how you determine diets for individualized patients. Can you go over that, please? Well, in terms of cancer patients, um, what our predecessor in this work, Dr. Kelly, and what we have found over the years is that patients that have what you might call the hard cancers, the cancers that are called carcinomas, like uh, breast cancer, colon cancer, lung cancer, pancreatic cancer, prostate cancer, all those would fit into this category, that that group of patients does best with a diet that's more on the vegetarian side. Um, We never put anybody on a very strict vegan diet. Um, What I know you mentioned that your your interest and expertise is in dentistry, and so I'm sure you're familiar with Dr. Weston Price, um, who traveled all over the world looking at what uh, Native people were eating, and he didn't find any vegans out there. Everybody ate some animal protein. And I think our bodies are designed to need some. The question is how much. Um, Patients with the carcinomas uh, typically don't need a lot. They eat eggs and dairy, but they don't do well with a lot of red meat. Um, But there's another group, the patients with the blood disorders like leukemias or lymphomas um, that actually need quite a bit of red meat. And so the diet that we would put patients on would vary depending on um, what type of problem they have. Well, it's so good uh, to hear you talk about individualizing. Uh, let's let's talk about uh, the use of pancreatic enzymes. You mentioned that. Is there any more you want to describe on that? And then also about the coffee enemas. Okay. Well, I would say as far as the enzymes go, you know, I talked about a lot of theoretical work from Dr. Beard from back in the in the 1900s, and he had actually published a book called The Enzyme Treatment of Cancer in 1911. But obviously, science has come a long way since then, to say the least, and so people sometimes wonder, well, is there anything more modern on a molecular level that could support the use of enzymes? And as it turns out, there is. Um, There are investigators who have found that there are receptors for pancreatic enzymes on the surfaces of both cancer cells and the trophoblast cells, the cells that are the precursor to the pancreas, I mean the, the placenta, rather, that Dr. Beard had described. And so it does look like there's a, a molecular mechanism by which the pancreatic enzymes can be having an effect. Now, we certainly have plenty of patient stories that would support that the enzymes must be doing something, um, but it also looks like on a molecular level there is some support um, for their function. Well, that's an interesting finding, and uh, I know we always, I think we always think we're at the pinnacle of, of scientific findings and advancements, and I'm not sure we're even in the adolescent period of, <laughs> of all of that because uh, we do know so much more than we knew years ago. But I always find it interesting, and you've described Dr. Beard's work and Dr. Kelly and Dr. Gonzalez, that they were way ahead of the pack in what they found, and it's taken 
a long time for that to be validated. Uh, and I know that there's a lot of controversy over the coffee enemas, and I would like to hear you talk to us about the benefits and how the coffee enemas work. Well, coffee enemas actually go way back in the medical literature, and this fits into you know, a category of things that were once widely used that kind of got discarded in the 1940s and 1950s when pharmacology came along. You know, everybody thought, oh, this is just something that, you know, only, uh, you know, witch doctors would use or, you know, people that are hopelessly old-fashioned. But, in fact, you know, generations of doctors use them regularly. In fact, I found a reference um, to a, a lecture that one of the Mayo brothers that founded the Mayo Clinic um, gave in 1896, and he reported that coffee enemas were an absolutely vital part of post-operative care. So there was a whole there were generations of doctors that felt like they were really really beneficial. Um, what we believe they do is they stimulate the liver to move bile out. Um, by by doing that, they help the liver to detoxify the body better because bile is where the liver puts waste materials. Um, and they're actually, you know, here again, there's a little support for that from an article that came out just a few years ago. Some investigators in Korea were looking at a way to make a procedure called capsule endoscopy work better. Um, what that involves is swallowing a little tiny camera. And the reason you would do that is to try to get images of what's going on in the small intestine where a regular scope can't go because it's too small. So patients would swallow these little teeny cameras. But what would happen would be as the, as the little camera went past the bile duct, the liver would release bile and block the view. So what these investigators did was have half of the patients in their little study do a coffee enema before they swallow the capsule. What that did was stimulate the liver to move bile so that then when the camera went by, there was no more bile to block the view. And it worked. Um, so it looks like coffee enemas do indeed stimulate bile flow, which is exactly what you know, doctors have been, you know, practitioners that use them have been saying for the preceding 50 years. So it's kind of fun that somebody actually did that study. Uh, but having said that, coffee enemas still are um, probably the, the most poorly understood part of our protocol. Um, having said that, uh, our patients are almost universally wildly enthusiastic about them. Nobody ever believes it when they first hear about it. I know when I heard about coffee enemas, I thought it was the craziest thing I'd ever heard. But um, when I try them and when our patients try them, they find that they feel so much better when they do them than it sells itself. So coffee enemas are a critically important part of this protocol. And thank you for the history. I think that's quite important, the history. Uh, sometimes what's old is new again, and mm -hmm. uh, it certainly applies to this issue. Uh, continue to talk to us. Maybe uh, give us some examples of patients with whom you've worked and what their outcomes have been. Okay. Well, um, one patient I like to talk about because her, her case is very straightforward and clear-cut, so to speak, is a patient of mine with pancreatic cancer. She was diagnosed 
in November of 2000. Um, she went to see her local doctor, a very astute doctor, I might add, and she said that she'd lost some weight and she was having a little bit of abdominal discomfort, and so her doctor immediately sent her for a CAT scan. What they found was that she had a 3.4-centimeter mass in her abdomen, so I guess that would work out to maybe an inch and a half in diameter. Um, and it was in the, the pancreas, um, and she had a biopsy, a needle biopsy, that was done in February of 2001, and it showed that she had uh, adenocarcinoma, poorly differentiated, so that's a very bad prognosis. Um, she, uh, The slides were actually sent um, to um, the Mayo Clinic um, for a second opinion, just to be sure that she had a nasty, aggressive type of pancreatic cancer, and they confirmed that she did. Um, she wound up starting with me uh, in March of 2001, and uh, she is still alive and doing just fine, uh, as I think I spoke to her a couple of months ago. So she is now, what, 18 years out with pancreatic cancer. She's never had surgery. She's never had any kind of chemotherapy or radiation or any other orthodox treatment at all. Um, she's only done this nutritional protocol, and she is still alive 18 years out. Now, bear in mind that the typical life expectancy for unresected, in other words, pancreatic cancer that has not been surgically removed, the typical life expectancy for that would be around six to nine months. Um, so she is multiple times out from from her prognosis. Uh, she should have passed away a long time ago uh, had things gone the way they usually do, but instead she's, she's alive. She's seen grandchildren grow up and graduate from college and get married, and um, she's just very happy and very grateful about that. Well, that's a great story, and I, I know that there are many, many more to share. Uh, let's talk a little bit about supplements and the, how you choose the right supplements for the individual patient. Well, the supplements vary just as the diets vary. Uh, you know, the patient that I just talked about is somebody that does well on a more vegetarian type of diet. Um, but for someone like her, we would also recommend a lot of magnesium and potassium and very little calcium. Um, so the balances of the different types of minerals um, play a big role in the treatment as well. Um, for another patient, and I can certainly tell you about another gentleman who had a lymphoma, um, he's somebody that I put on a lot of red meat, and he's also somebody that I told to take a lot of calcium and very little magnesium or potassium. Um, so the, the, the minerals vary just as the diets do. Yes, that's very important, and I, I really appreciate that you're giving us these individual uh, recommendations and treating the patient uniquely and individually based on what their needs are and what their conditions are. So we'll keep this conversation going. And I just want to remind those of you who've just tuned in with us, you're with the Essentials of Healthy Living on 1500 AM. We're brought to you by Village Green Apothecary. And I want to remind you to go to iquhealth.com to find out how you can participate in learning all about your individualized needs through genetics, lab results, history, and they give you a blueprint. And that is very progressive. So 
I just want to remind you about that. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back after this break with more interesting information from Dr. Linda Isaacs. Solgar Number no. 7 can help you feel the difference. Solgar Number no. 7 actually shows improvement in joint comfort within seven days. Now you can start to get back on track fast and pursue the activities you love. Solgar Number no. 7 is a breakthrough in joint care with no glucosamine and no chondroitin. The advanced bioactives in Solgar Number no. 7 help to increase flexibility, mobility, and range of motion within seven days. One capsule once a day is all you need. When stiff joints occasionally say no, Solgar Number no. 7 says yes. Solgar Number no. 7. Available at Village Green Apothecary. New from Garden of Life, Kind Organics Whole Food Multivitamins. They are the only USDA certified organic, non-GMO verified whole food multivitamins available. They're gluten-free, certified vegan, and feature a patent-pending clean tablet technology. Kind Organics is super clean, untreated, unadulterated, and real whole food. Kind Organics Multivitamins from Garden of Life. Be kind to your body and the earth. Kind Organics, now available at Village Green Apothecary and online at myvillagegreen.com. Do you have unique needs that a mass market pharmacy can't meet? Village Green Apothecary can help. Maybe your doctor prescribed a special compounded formula or you have concerns about allergies or dietary supplements. Our expert team includes pharmacists, nutritionists, clinical herbalists, and naturopaths who can offer you advice on nutritional products and personalized healthy living plans. We also offer specialized lab and micronutrient testing to our customers. Visit Village Green in Bethesda at 5415 West Cedar Lane. Call us at 301-530-0800 or go to our website at myvillagegreen.com. Staying mentally sharp means nourishing the mind as well as the body. That's why there's new Cognisure from Metagenics. Research shows that the active natural ingredient in Cognisure supports multiple mechanisms necessary for maintaining healthy cognition and a healthy brain as it ages. Cognisure is also easy to take in delicious, chewable chocolate tablets. Have a clear and bright future by maintaining mental capacity with healthy habits and Cognisure. Remember Cognisure for healthy brain aging support. Available through your healthcare professional and Village Green Apothecary. Have you ever wondered why the cold and flu season occurs in the fall and winter months? One theory is because of a decrease in sun exposure, our bodies don't make enough vitamin D, which is essential to proper immune function. That's why medical experts recommend supplementing with vitamin D. Thorne Research's vitamin D products are made from pure vitamin D with no preservatives or unnecessary ingredients added. Support your immune system with Thorne's vitamin D1000 and D5000. These and other immune-supporting formulas are always available at Village Green. Welcome back, listeners, to the third segment of The Essentials of Healthy Living on 1500 AM, brought to you by Village Green Apothecary. I'm Dana Lake, and I'm your host for the hour, and I'm reminding you that you should go on IQYOUHealth.com. That's IQ youhealth.com. I'm repeating it because it's important. And they can help you find out what your individual unique unique needs are, what the blueprint is for your needs, and they can help you put that together. Uh, it gives you a, uh, information from genomics, from lab tests, from your symptoms, uh, lots of different kinds of information that you provide. And this is for your use and your the use of your health practitioners that you see. So that's exciting, iqhealth.com. 
And if you want to hear the radio shows, they you can go to ehlradio.com. That's ehlradio.com. And you can leave your comments. So we have lots of good information for you. And we've been talking with Dr. Linda Isaacs, and we're talking about the use of diet and enzymes in cancer. And you were sharing with us, Dr. Isaacs, some of your patient histories and outcomes. Could we continue with regard to a patient that had lymphoma? Sure. And, you know, as I was saying, the the last patient that I talked about in the previous segment was one who had a carcinoma and who did well on a more vegetarian diet uh, with a lot of magnesium and potassium and very little calcium. So the next patient I'll talk about is a gentleman who had lymphoma. Um, He developed abdominal uh, discomfort and indigestion and et cetera in July of 1995. And then later that year, he started getting swelling in his feet and his lower abdomen. So he went to see a doctor who ordered a CAT scan, and they discovered that he had enlarged lymph nodes up and down in his abdomen. Um, he also had some enlarged lymph nodes in his neck. So one of them was removed, and it was found that he had lymphoma, which is a cancer of the lymphatic system. Now, the type of lymphoma that he had was not one of the extremely aggressive ones, um, but nonetheless, he had quite a bit of disease. Um, And so instead of doing chemotherapy, and there was really no effective treatment for what he had at that time, this was 1995, so instead of doing the treatment that was offered, he came to see me. I put him on a lot of pancreatic enzymes or a lot of the pancreas product that we use is very rich in pancreatic enzymes. I put him on a high meat diet, which he greeted with great enthusiasm, I might add, <laughs> and uh, and the coffee enemas for detoxification, as we discussed before. And with that regimen, he, he actually he improved clinically very quickly. Um, he didn't get any more scans for quite a while, but in May of 2001, he had a repeat CAT scan and all of the adenopathy had completely resolved. Um, They described the findings as the study at this time is essentially unremarkable. In other words, there's nothing going on here. So all of those extremely large lymph nodes, and some of them were, you know, in the neighborhood, they said with the the scan that he had originally that it measured in aggregate 15 centimeters, so that would be roughly six and a half, seven inches. So that very, very large tumor mass had completely resolved. Um, since then, he's had an, um, he's had scans on and off over the years, and they've all been perfectly normal. I spoke with him a couple of years ago uh, just to kind of check in, and he told me that he was continuing to feel great, um, very enthusiastic about you know, how his health has been over the years. And he was actually in the process of building a retaining wall for a house that he and his wife were having built. Uh, uh, so he was out there doing construction work when I called him, which I think is pretty good for somebody with a, a history of a serious medical issue like this. Um, so he's an example of somebody um, on, a, uh, on a different uh, dietary recommendation than the first patient, who nonetheless has done extremely well. 
you know, and I think you were mentioning earlier that there's a lot of practitioners out there that will think that everybody should be on one diet. Um, the Our experience has been that that just isn't correct, uh, that different people need different things, and so that's the way we approach our patients. And that's the sensible way, in my opinion. And these are excellent uh, case uh, histories that you're providing. And I have a question. Do you ever get feedback from the patient and or their providers asking, how did this happen? Why did it happen? How can I learn about it? In other words, why did they get sick in the first place? No, why why they recovered or healed a cancer that would normally be a death sentence for most people or a very short life expectancy afterwards? Well, it's really, unfortunately, a rare thing that we will hear from other doctors about a particular patient. Um, I think part of the reason is that they're only seeing one patient of ours. You know, my patients are actually scattered not only all over the country, but all over the world. You know, I have I have people. Um, I have one patient in China, for example, um, a particular you know young woman with a very aggressive histology breast cancer, um, who actually, as I recall, had a little bit of ep- uh, evidence of distant spread, and she had already had pretty aggressive treatment. So she came all the way here from China. Uh, and uh, and she's been doing the program very faithfully. And the last I heard, not only is she doing well, um, she is going to be having a baby uh, later this year. Wow. Um, which is really remarkable because the chemotherapy that they gave her usually makes people sterile. Um, so she's a, she's a happy young woman. Her doctors seem to be very happy about how she's doing, but in terms of actually asking her anything about it or contacting me, that almost never happens. Um, and, you know, I know doctors are busy. They've got a lot going on. Um, and because they only see one patient, you know, they don't realize that there's more that have done well. Um, I, I wish I wish there was more intellectual curiosity out there, but I know when people are working 60 and 80 hour weeks, Sometimes there just isn't any time left for that. Well, I I see the autism community, and rarely do I get that kind of a response from a physician when a child with autism has recovered or is in recovery. Um, and I, I did have one doctor that called and said, what is this? How does it work? Why does it work? Where can I learn about it? And she and I are partners and co-authors in a book. So, uh, you know, that intellectual curiosity, it seems to be not prevalent among the medical community. I've had calls over the years on patients who were scheduled for surgery for bowel problems and by changing diet based on testing and reactions, they no longer needed it. And a doctor called me about it. And when I told him what I was doing, he said, that's just quackery. That doesn't work. Now, that was 30 some years ago. And I doubt that we would hear that now, frankly. But it, it it's all, it, I'm appalled <laughs> that mm-hmm. it, it, within medical education, there's not this emphasis to think outside of the box 
And when you hear something, not just one time, but 10 times, to start asking questions. And I don't know, you went through traditional medical training. How did you break in to the functional alternative complementary medicine community? Well, I think that, uh, well, first of all, you know, in the, in the medical, in medical training, there's a very heavy emphasis on the basic science end of it. In other words, you know, the idea that progress comes from studying uh, at the cellular level and finding some receptor or other, and then finding a way to block that receptor. So a lot of the class, the big classes of medications that are used on a daily basis, like beta blockers or um, angiotensin converting enzyme inhibitors. You know, these are two classes of hypertension drugs, and they come from that basic science world of find the receptor, find the molecule to block the receptor, and you'll fix a problem. But a lot of things in the um, alternative medicine world are really based on somebody's clinical observation. You know, like, for instance, Dr. Kelly took huge amounts of pancreatic enzymes really to help his digestion, which was terrible. Um, But what he found was that the tumor in his abdomen changed character, so he kept doing it. And that is how Dr. Kelly got to using pancreatic enzymes um, to work on cancer. Coffee enemas, I mean, heaven only knows why somebody tried that one, you know, a couple of centuries ago, but somebody did, and they found that people felt better with it. They used it in poisonings or in shock or various various types of illnesses, and they found that you know sometimes people had amazing turnarounds, so they kept doing it. Um, a lot of those types of things, though, just got discarded when this whole idea of um, it's it's all going to be figured out on the molecular level uh, that that school of thought came about. But, you know, in, in medical school, people spend two years very aggressively learning all this basic science stuff. And in a way, it's not surprising that they really want to apply it. And when something comes to them outside of that box, well, then they just say, oh, this is anecdotal, this is not scientific, et cetera, et cetera, and they just toss it out. Um, so I'm not saying that's okay, but I'm, I'm also saying that I, I understand it. I understand, you know, where they're coming from. Um, from the point of view of Dr. Gonzalez and myself, you know, having come out of the orthodox medical world but nonetheless getting interested in this, I think it's because Dr. Kelly had a compelling group of patient histories for us to look at. Um, you know, some of the patients that Dr. Kelly treated are still alive, even today. Uh, there's a woman who had metastatic breast cancer that was diagnosed in 1975 um, that Dr. Kelly treated. And I've, I spoke to her a few years ago. She's still alive. And this is, like, unheard of, that somebody with breast cancer metastatic to the bone who'd had a double mastectomy before she was 40 um, who then had a bone scan and, and x-rays that showed she had something eating away at her shoulder blade. And this woman is still alive and doing fine and completely functional 40 years out. This is unheard of. It is um, unheard of, and I'm, I'm so glad to hear you, sh- you share this. 
And we're going to talk further in our final segment, our next segment. And I just want to remind you, if you've just tuned in with us, I'm Dana Lake, your host for the hour with the Essentials of Healthy Living on 1500 AM. We are brought to you by Village Green Apothecary. We're having a fascinating conversation with Dr. Linda Isaacs, and we're talking about the treatment of cancer with the use of diet and enzymes and more. So let's talk with, we'll continue that conversation. Stay with us, folks. We will be right back after this break. Mega Food Premium Whole Food Supplements are the only supplements crafted from scratch with farm fresh whole foods to deliver nourishment the way nature intended. Mega Food believes Mother Nature knows best. They select only fresh whole food, harvested at the peak of ripeness, handle it gently and with care to deliver its vital essence to you in every bottle. Mega Food, from farm to tablet, our name is our promise. For more information, visit us online at megafood.com. Bridging the gap between nutraceuticals and pharmaceuticals. That's the concept behind Zymogen's new exclusive and patented line of formulations, which utilize sophisticated delivery technologies to focus on specific molecular targets. The Zymogen EP line features Immunitix 3.6, a potent ingredient that has demonstrated a measurable ability to prime and enhance immune cell function. Applications include immune system support and support for white blood cell recovery following radiation therapy and other bone marrow affecting treatments. Now available at Village Green Apothecary, and online at myvillagegreen.com. All over the world, people are beginning to discover fish oil is one of the best secrets for unlocking great health. Thousands of studies have shown the amazing effects of these powerful omega-3s for heart health. Plus, fish oils have even been shown to balance moods and lessen anxiety. With exceptional taste, unrivaled freshness, and unsurpassed purity, Nordic Naturals is the easy way to get your omega-3s every day. To learn more, visit Village Green Apothecary or visit NordicNaturals.com. Nordic Naturals, committed to the planet, committed to pure and great-tasting omega oils. Did you get enough lutein today to support eye health? Most Americans consume only 2 milligrams per day, yet populations with good eye health often consume 6 to 20 milligrams to protect the macula of the eye against oxidative stress and aging. Vision Optimizer from Gero Formulas supplies lutein, zeaxanthin, and 13 other vitamins, phytonutrients, and herbs that support eye health and function, reduce eye fatigue, and promote eye comfort. For more information, visit Gero.com. Gero Formulas, available at Village Green Apothecary. I'm Mark Isaacson, owner of Village Green Apothecary in Bethesda, the most unique pharmacy in the country. You are unique, and at Village Green, we treat you this way. At Village Green, our passion is personalization and getting the root cause of health conditions. Guidance on foods, nutrients, and pharmaceuticals to empower you with personalized recommendations just for you. For over 50 years, customers have depended on advice from our expert team of pharmacists and clinical nutritionists. Visit Village Green in Bethesda or online at myvillagegreen.com. Welcome back, listeners, to today's final segment of The Essentials of Healthy Living on 1500 AM. I'm Dana Lake. I've been your host for the hour, and we've been having an excellent conversation with Dr. Linda Isaacs, and we're talking about the treatment of cancer with diet, supplements, enzymes, and coffee enemas. And we have described, Dr. Isaacs has described each one of these. And uh, would you like to share with us any more of your cases of individuals who have done so well with this kind of treatment? And I want to reiterate for those who've just tuned in 
that these treatments are individualized based on the type of cancer and what the patient's needs are. So uh, continue sharing with us. I guess what I'd say is that there's quite a number of cases that Dr. Gonzalez and I published in article form. Um, There is a whole collection of cases that he was working on at the time that he passed away um, that have subsequently been published um, under his name, although some of my patients were included as well. And then there's the results of his investigation into Dr. Kelly's work. Um, So all of those things are available. Um, The case report are article people can get to from my website, and that website is www.drlindai.com, so that's drlindai.com. So people can look at that information there, um, and bearing in mind that case reports are stories of patients that have been put together and published in a medical journal. So the editors had the opportunity to look at all the, the information backing up those cases if they wanted to. One of the cases that I personally have always been rather fond of is one from Dr. Kelly's practice from many, many years ago, a woman with metastatic uterine cancer. She had been diagnosed with cancer of the uterus in 1969, and she had surgery and radiation. Many times that treatment is enough. Most of the time, uterine cancer can be cured by surgery. But in her case, she started to develop abdominal pain, and after a couple of years of bugging her physicians about her increasing abdominal pain, they discovered that she had a mass in her pelvis. They took it out. This was 1975. They took it out, found that it was indeed recurrent uterine cancer, but they also did a chest X-ray and discovered that she had multiple nodules that weren't there before, which goes along with metastatic uterine cancer. So they told her that she was clearly terminal. Um, They put her on a medication that made her feel worse, so she stopped taking it very quickly. And instead, she went to see Dr. Kelly and started on the Kelly program in 1976. At the time that Dr. Gonzalez was finishing up his research project in 1985-86, along in there, she was alive and well, and he got the records on her case. What was um, what was striking about those records was her doctor's note, um, because she had shown up to see her doctor again about six or seven years after um, the diagnosis of metastatic uterine cancer. And his note, which was really a letter to another doctor, he said, I nearly dropped dead when she walked in the room. That was his comment. (laughs) And then he said, she was a little worried about her heart. We wound up doing a chest X-ray, and to my astonishment, it was perfectly normal. So she had documented resolution of these pulmonary masses. And and not only that, she was alive and looking great when she should have been dead. Um, She did eventually pass away in 2009. We found her information online um, that she'd passed away in 2009 at age 95. So she had outlived the diagnosis of metastatic uterine cancer by something like 40 years, uh, which is, again, astonishing. It's amazing. And I, I so love listening to these stories Uh, Talk to us about uh, maintenance after healing. What, Mm -hmm. What do your patients do? What do you recommend? 
Well, from my point of view, if somebody develops cancer, that's saying that their surveillance mechanism for abnormal cells is not working properly because we all create abnormal cells all the time. It's a question of how well do we get rid of them again. And if our theories are correct, if Dr. Beard 100 years ago was correct, then the primary mechanism for surveillance of getting of cancer cells, in effect, is pancreatic enzymes. So my recommendation to my patients is to continue to take at least some enzymes indefinitely. And the amount might vary uh, from, in terms of my recommendations um, from one patient to, to the next. Uh, you know, I have some patients in my practice who have developed three different kinds of cancer before they come in to see me, and that would suggest that they they really need to stay on some enzymes indefinitely. Now, patients being patients, they don't always do what I tell them to do, uh, and sometimes those people do fine, and sometimes they get into trouble. Um, I will say, though, that our long-term success stories are really pretty vigilant. Um, the coffee enemas, you know, oddly enough, like I said, for most patients, they love them and they just keep doing them indefinitely because uh, they feel better with it. Um, diet is probably the biggest challenge for people because so much of socialization with other people is revolves around food. Um, and we do recommend that people eat organic food, uh, minimally processed to unprocessed food. You know, cook things you would cook at home as opposed to going out to eat all the time, which many patients seem to think that it's normal to go out to eat all the time. And it, it really isn't in terms of being able to eat quality food. Um, so that's probably the biggest challenge for many of them. Um, so, you know, what I recommend and what patients do can frequently be two different things. Um, but uh, many of our patients, though, are still taking lots of enzymes and following their diet, you know, years down the road because they realize that something is something remarkable has happened and they want to keep it up. I mean, Dr. Kelly... Our predecessor in this work apparently would tell people who asked, how long do I have to do this? He would tell them, well, it depends on how long you want to feel well. <laughs> I, you know, I, I had a friend ask me, how long do I have to take these supplements? I said, stop when you want to feel poorly and die early. <laughs> <laughs> so being a little facetious there. And speaking right. of supplements, uh, do you have a supplement regimen that you recommend for maintenance with your patients? Well, see, that would vary from patient to patient, just like everything else does. And so uh, what we use is pretty highly customized. And um, the, the specific product line that Dr. Gonzalez and I used is actually only available to our patients just because it would be, unfortunately, easy for somebody that didn't know what they were doing to, to mess it up. I, and the, the general school of thought with almost all alternative or or mainstream for that matter, practitioners is that everybody needs the same thing, and so they would immediately start changing it around and then say that it didn't work. Um, so the the supplements that we use are um, are really only available to our patients. Well, that makes sense. Um, I'm I'm with you there. What about those that are interested in prevention? Do you get patients inquiring? Um, and I would think that most of those patients would come from families that have had particular cancers, um, or maybe a person just wants to know, what can I do to prevent? Uh, 
Is that something that you face very often? We do have some patients that have come in over the years that have a, a genetic predisposition to cancer. Um, it's always difficult to know for sure uh, whether a, pa- a patient like that has been benefited by this protocol because while genetic syndromes can indicate somebody's at higher risk, that certainly doesn't guarantee anything. Right. And, and I gather, I, I haven't done the research myself on this topic, but I gather that some of the um, the genetic predispositions are actually much more likely to lead to cancer now than they were a hundred years ago. In other words, that that yes, it gives you a predisposition, but the environment has an effect as well. Um, what I would tell anyone who wants to be healthy is to first of all eat a diet that is organic and unprocessed. Most people will veer towards the food that is good for them. Um, most people's taste buds will tell them what to do, as long as they're selecting from good quality food. You know, I think that all of us probably would like to eat lots of sugar, but none of us should do it. Um, but when it comes to you know how much red meat to eat, for example, you know the patients that need it are typically dreaming about it at night if they're not eating it. Um, the patients that don't need it are repelled by it. And so if people just listen to um, to their taste buds, um, they will typically pick the right thing. Good advice. Good advice. We've got to have you back again. This is too interesting uh, to not explore more and hear more from you, Dr. Isaacs. I want to thank you for being with us on the show. And I'm reminded of something uh and, and you remind me of this. It's a Maya Angelou uh, quote. And she said, success is liking yourself, liking what you do, and liking how you do it. And I think I certainly sense that in you, and I'm sure our listeners do. So uh, have a good day, and thank you for being with us. Well, thank you for the opportunity. I've enjoyed it. And I want to thank you listeners for joining us on the Essentials of Healthy Living on 1500 AM. And I want to remind you, you can access the show or any of the previous shows through myvillagegreen.com. And as our lives move forward, I am always reminded that every day is a new day. Every minute is a new minute, giving us many opportunities to make positive health-enhancing choices. And please remember, it's not the number of breaths you take, it's the moments that take your breath away. This is Dana Lake and Village Green wishing each and every one of you good health and a breathtaking Ah, the joy of commuting in Washington. Whether you work on the hill or outside the beltway, you know how stressful it is to get around. Stress can take a serious toll on your health and Village Green Apothecary can help. We offer over 10,000 healthy living products, including top-quality nutritional supplements, herbal remedies, and more. Our nutritionists and pharmacists offer a personalized approach to help you with your health needs. Stop by Village Green Apothecary in Bethesda at 5415 West Cedar Lane or visit our website at myvillagegreen.com.